Please take your Bibles, your devices, you can even see on the back of your handout, and let's go this morning to Luke chapter 14. Luke 14 this morning, I will say this, um, this passage I remember as if it were today, well, sort of as if it were today, a lot of times past, but I remember how God used this particular passage, Luke 14, When I was a student, God used this to transform the way I viewed Christianity. The way I viewed the whole following Jesus Christ thing. I grew up in a Christian home. My dad was a pastor. Learned all these Bible verses. You quote them off like that. But it wasn't until later on in my experience as a student that I interacted with this passage. And this is one of those passages that God has constantly brought my mind back to. Andrew, you claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ, so what does that look like? So today, we are going to jump right into Luke 14, and I hope you're ready because of this. Uh, This is not one of those lightweight, feel-good type passages. Please understand that from the onset. This is heavy stuff. This is not fabricated from uh, some rabbinical teacher that had no uh, idea of what he was saying. No, this comes from the mouth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we're going to study today of what it looks like to be a true follower of Jesus Christ. And we're actually going to kind of, it's like a little bit of a rabbit trail from our normal studies. We've been studying looking to Jesus, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Well, today is a very practical sermon. Okay, as we're fixing our eyes on Jesus... Now we travel towards Jesus. Now we pursue Jesus. As we've talked from the onset, in this race, this journey, it's not just looking to Jesus, it's taking another step, and another step, and another step. And sometimes as we're taking those steps, the so what question that we end with most of our sermons with, the so what question often comes to our mind. So what? Or how do I do this? This is a very, very, very practical sermon on how do I follow Jesus Christ. What does it look like for me to follow, be a follower of Jesus Christ? And I actually want to start, though, with the context of life that we live in right now. We live in an Internet culture that is consumed, and I think all of you know right where I'm headed with this. We are consumed with the concept of follow, following. Oh, what am I talking about? You know exactly what I'm talking about on social media. If you, if you peek at social media, you know what I'm talking about. This is a term that's all over the internet. What am I talking about? This. Just look at this. There's a term that almost any social media site will use. You can go to these sites and click a simple little blue or red button that says follow. We have a culture that is consumed with this concept of follow. What am I talking about? Any of these. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube. Follow me on Pinterest with all these pictures I like to post. Here's one that I'm just learning about. uh, Likey. Anybody know what likey is? Yeah, it's a newer one out there. Follow me on Likey. Follow me on TikTok. Our whole 
And by the way, there, there are some good to some of this, I would say, by me putting this up on the screen. In no way am I endorsing these things. Please understand that. If you know me in the slightest, you would know that I try to keep all of these uh, as far away from me as a you know, 10-foot pole. <laughs> Nonetheless, there are some good components, and some of them, small, minute, but whatever the case is, when we talk about follow, what comes to our minds? Well, if you're growing up in the next generation, if you're a student right now, you're looking and we're talking about following Jesus and you're thinking, oh yeah, I know what it means to follow Jesus because there's this little button. When I go to um, any one of these on Instagram, I can follow someone on Instagram. Boom, follow, done, good. When you talk about following, to follow means you place your basic approval on someone or something and that you want to continue to enjoy their content. Let me say that one more time. Because how our culture sees follow is this. To follow basically means you place your approval on someone or something and that you want to continue to enjoy their content that they put out regularly. So here's the question for our study today. Is our current social media's understanding of follow really what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ? The irony is this. Here's the irony. I mean, this is all over the internet, but brothers and sisters in Christ, this is not new. What do I mean? Okay, you go to the first, uh, students, if you go to the first four books of your, of your New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you're going to find in there over 20 times Jesus looks at a person or a group of people and what does he say? Hey, follow, follow me. I go right now and go through any list of these, these, these passages. Hey, follow me. You, follow me. Jesus Christ himself, 2,000 years ago, is like the original follow-me person. Hey, you, follow me. So what does it mean to follow Jesus? Does it mean to click that little blue icon? Okay, good, I'm a follower of Jesus now. I mean, the irony of this as well is those who follow Jesus are to recruit others to follow Jesus. They're disciples. Prior to going to heaven, Jesus Christ himself said, go into all the world and get them. Get followers. Make disciples. The concept in the New Testament of disciple making and following me go hand in hand. So then when I look at social media, when I look at all these, these, I think, what is my concept of follow? And I want to put myself, uh, young brothers and sisters in Christ here, I'm talking about students about to go off to school that we just prayed for, putting ourselves in your shoes. How do you understand the concept of follow? The biblical fact is this. There is a massive difference between pushing an entertainment icon and actually doing what Jesus says to do and follow him. There is a net massive difference between 
casually subscribing to someone that can entertain you and faithfully pursuing someone to the end. A massive difference. And I'm going to say that is exactly the technique of the wicked one, Satan. Please follow what I'm saying here. Constantly from the beginning of the creation of mankind all the way till now, Satan's taking these things that God has placed into our lives as good. Good concepts. Concepts are meant to bless us. And he twists them just a bit. Please understand, I'm not preaching against these things. I'm just saying that our, our idea of follow has been so drastically influenced and changed from what it actually means in the Scripture to follow Jesus to the end. So, in Luke, two, uh, Luke 14, we find this. Luke 14, we find Jesus telling us exactly what it means to be a follower of Him. He doesn't hold back. Like I said, this is not a lightweight passage. This is a heavy hitter passage. Luke 14, Jesus himself has this idea when he turns to the crowds that are following him casually. He turns and we find this. To truly follow Jesus means that he is more important than anything else in my life. To follow Jesus doesn't mean I just subscribe so I can find my entertainment from That is not the New Testament concept of following Jesus. To follow Jesus means that I'm going to lay my life on the line for Jesus Christ every single day of my life. To follow Jesus Christ means that Jesus Christ is more important than anything else in my entire life. And so today I want to just kind of unpack that from Luke chapter 14. We're going to dial in on verse 25 to 33. I'm going to scale this back a little bit. We took a little more time in the beginning of our service, but I'm going to read verses 25 through 27. Again, it's on the back of your handouts if you'd like to follow with that. Here's the, here's the story, verse 25. Now, great crowds accompanied Jesus, accompanied him. Picture this. And he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Verse 27. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Verse 28 to 32 give us two dynamic illustrations of what it means to count the cost. This is the theme of the passage, to count the cost of being a follower of Jesus. But I want us to jump to verse 33. So therefore, any of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Do you just read that and say, whoa! Okay, that right there is not a casual blue icon that I push to be entertained. You understand what I'm talking about? Our constant interaction with what it means to follow, this is not what normally comes to our mind. To follow Jesus this way. To come after Jesus this way. Okay, so what's the setting of Luke 14? Well, here it is, just in in very brief. Because we like to see the context of what's happening. Jesus had ministered up to this point for about three years. Two and a half, three years um, 
towards the end of Luke, we find a lot of teachings, middle to the end of Luke, a lot of teachings of Jesus. He's ministered for these two and a half, three years. He's preparing to go to the cross. As he teaches and as he performs miracles, what's happening? Just like we talked about last week up at Lass and Pines, which by the way, brothers and sisters, I thoroughly enjoyed last week. Thank you for those who attended, those who could make it, or those who prayed and couldn't make it. I had a blast. But last week we talked about Jesus walking on the water with Peter. Remember that story. But do you remember what happened right before that? We're talking about Jesus feeding 5,000 men plus women and children. So potentially 15,000, anywhere 10, 15, 20,000 individuals. He fed their stomachs with five loaves, two fishes. Do you remember that story? Okay, so this gives us an indication of what's actually happening. Jesus is doing these miracles. He's doing these teachings, and people are following him. Anywhere he goes, people are following him. Here in this passage, just in your minds, think about Jesus traveling from site to site. People are following him. I mean, I don't know. This, this might get a bit annoying if you're a true disciple, if you're one of the chosen disciples from Jesus, and you look around, and you're Peter, James, and John, like, hey, Jesus, there they are again. <laughs> They're following you, man. I mean, to be quite honest, I would be there too. I mean, if we get a free Chick-fil-A meal every time we're around Jesus, if we see miracles happen, you're going to be like, yeah. Hey, what's the new hottest show in town right there? Go see Jesus do a miracle. It's awesome. So all these people are following him. And, and then you can just picture in your mind Jesus stopping. I, I picture in my mind, I'm kind of fabricating it a little bit, but he's on the top of a hill. He's walking up a hill, he turns around, and he says, okay, okay. If you truly want to follow me, here's what it takes. That's this passage. The crowds of people enamored with the cool things Jesus was doing. And Jesus says, you need to distinguish if you are just a casual follower or if you are really in. That's the passage here today. Verse 25 says, now great crowds accompanied him and he turned and said to them. So now in this passage, Jesus makes very, very clear statements about what it means to follow Jesus. And here's why I'm bringing this up today. Because I know there are students, all these students up here, there's those nagging questions when you get home from school. There's those nagging questions when you put your head on your pillow at night. There's that nagging question when you get up in the morning. Is Jesus worth it? Should I live today for Jesus? I want to tell you, our prayer is that every single one of these things that Jesus teaches in this passage, every single student up here fully embraces them. Every single day you embrace what Jesus says here in this passage. So, let's look at these and just distinguish what this follower of Jesus Christ looks like in this passage. And here's the first one he goes to. Verse uh, 26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Here's the simple point. A true follower of Jesus will make Jesus more important than any other person in his life. I was talking with my son about that yesterday, last night, actually. We were talking about it for this morning. He's like, Dad, did Jesus just really say to hate you? <laughs> okay, so that's kind of like the first thing we need to talk about here. All right. 
When you talk about this hate, what is this talking about? Well, is Jesus telling you to hate the people in your own family? Is Jesus telling you to turn around and hate your neighbors? Is Jesus telling you to hate your enemies? No, brothers and sisters in Christ. We know in the rest of Jesus' teachings, He even teaches you to love your enemies. This this is not a passage where Jesus is giving you an excuse to have World War III in your home. You know, to start staking out your neighbors so you can turn them in. This is not one of those passages to hate. But what this is, is called a, 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 degree, a hyperbole of degrees, okay? It's a comparison. Please understand this. When you look at your love for Jesus Christ, any other love in your life seems like hate compared to your love for Jesus Christ. Your devotion to Jesus Christ is so far above any other devotion in your life that anything else in your life, any other relation, almost seems like straight hatred because you love Jesus so much. My young friends here today, students, this is our prayer for you, that you love Jesus so much that your love for Jesus far outreaches any other relationship in your life. Elementary students, middle school students, high school students. Jesus wants to be more important to you than any other friend you're going to make this week. Jesus wants you to have enough backbone to stand up and say, Yeah, I'm a Jesus follower. Come with me. Not to give in to peer pressure. Not to give in to the mocking or the ridiculing, but to say, you know what? I'm a Jesus follower. I love Jesus so much, and you can do your best, but you're not going to dissuade me. That's the love of Jesus that he turns and says to all these people. There's so much more that we could say about this, but I want to say this too. Young adults, parents, grandparents, we're not off the hook either. What, what example are we setting for the younger ones here in this church? Obviously, this is a back-to-school service. We're, we're talking to the students. But is Jesus supreme over any other relationship in our lives? Period. Friends, family, co-workers, teammates, whatever it might be. And I want to share with you the beauty of this relationship thing, though, with Jesus Christ. Because Jesus turns and tells them, if, I'm, if you're going to truly follow me, your, your devotion to me is so heightened that any other relationship seems like hatred. But here's the beauty of it all. When you truly follow Jesus, guess what happens to all of these other relationships? They now have intentionality. They have purpose. They have meaning. Where now you don't have to love, fabricate this love. No, you can truly love them with the love that Jesus gives you. That's the beauty of this whole thing. When Jesus Christ is the supreme one in our lives, our supreme love above all else, we are now free to share that love with other people. All right, so the first thing Jesus says is a true follower of Jesus Christ will make Jesus more important than any person in life. Let's look at one more. Because to me, as I chewed on that this week and prayed through that, and even as a young student, as working through that, I think, oh my goodness, really? Well, then you come to the next one. There's three of them here. Here it is. Verse 26, again, 
And I'm going to skip to the end of verse 26 because it sets us up for verse 27. Verse 26 says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate, and then the last part of that verse says, Even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Wow! This is not Jesus just completely annihilating any sort of self-worth. No. We know we're creating the image of God. We know God is doing a special work in our hearts, but what he's saying carries on into verse 27. Here it is, verse 27. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. There it is again. If you want to follow after me, you have to bear your own cross and follow me. Okay, so what is this? Simply this, a true follower of Jesus will make Jesus more important than any other plan for his life, her life. Okay, let's think about this very practically. One of the most humiliating forms, and even kids here know this, right? One of the most humiliating forms of Roman uh, um, justice or perceived justice was the cross, absolutely humiliating. And I want you to picture with me someone carrying their cross, okay, similar to what Jesus did. Someone carrying your cross to the point of crucifixion. And I'm going to ask a simple question. What are they thinking about? This person carrying the cross is not like, boy, I wonder how my retirement fund is looking. Do you understand what I'm saying in a very practical way? I wonder if I can do this in my life. I wonder what my te- how my 10-year plan's coming together. Okay, we'll back it off to five years. As he's carrying his cross, I wonder what, what this is going to look like as I do this and that and this and that. What's the point of Jesus Christ here? It's not to disarm stewardship because we know that's in the Scriptures. But here's the point of Jesus Christ in this passage is if you want to be a true follower of me, you have to, you, you really do have to make me more important than any plans for your life. And, and this is so appropriate to our culture right now because we're a culture, young ones, you know this because you see it on the news, you see it in your schools. We hold on to our rights with all we got. You know what I'm talking about. I've got these rights and I'm going to hold on to them. Don't tell me different. I love how practical Jesus says this in, in Luke 9.23. And you can just write that verse down because here he says even the same thing. But he tells us how often this is supposed to happen. He says this is to happen. You are to take up your cross and follow me daily. Every single day we are submitting our rights to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Every single day we pack up our bags and we go to our schools. We're thinking, I'm going to serve Jesus today, not myself. I think in a very practical way, Paul says this in the book of Galatians in chapter 2, verse 20. Many of you young ones know this verse. Paul says this, I have been crucified with Christ, but I'm still living. (laughs) I can still feel this. I can still think. I'm still living I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. It's not me. It's not all about me, but Christ who's living through me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. His grace who loved me and gave himself for me. That is the concept here. 
Jesus is turning to these crowds and said, oh, I know you like these miracles. I know you like to be enamored by Jesus' talk and Jesus' things. But if you really want to follow me, you have to submit your rights every single day to the ethic that I am teaching you. To the love of Christ, the life of Christ, the purity of Christ, the grace of Christ. So, students here preparing for school this week, to be a follower of Jesus means that Jesus is more important than any other person in your life, any other plan for your life. Again, I say that doesn't disarm making practical plans, but it makes Jesus superior in your plans. And then here's another one. A true follower of Jesus Christ will make Jesus more important than any possessions of life. We can look at that in verse 33. So therefore, any of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. What is this? Simply, how tightly do we hold all of our stuff? I mean, as you go through the scriptures, you see this theology of stuff. If we want to put it that way, very practical. It's a theology of things, stuff, possessions. In a world consumed with toys and clothes and accounts and devices and properties and houses and on and on. The question is this to a follower of Jesus Christ. How much is this stuff distracting me from wholeheartedly pursuing Jesus? Let me clarify. Having stuff, again, is not the problem. Well, for some it might be. But the stuff itself is not the problem. It is when our stuff gets in the way of us serving Jesus. That's when it becomes the problem. I mean, in our minds, I want us to go to Luke 18. It's just four chapters away. Luke chapter 18. You can go there later this week if you want to. Luke 18, 22. And you remember the story of this rich young ruler. What was in his way from serving Jesus with his whole heart? His stuff. He's like, I've done all these things to obey you my whole life. And Jesus said, what about your stuff? And he turns and he walks away. Jesus, to all these crowds, he turns around and says, if you really want to follow me, I have to be Lord over your stuff. All that stuff you have, which again, I I want to reiterate, and and I have some uh, blessed people in my life that have been friends and mentors who God's blessed even financially and with assets and different things. And I love it because I see and I watch, even so many in this congregation here, it's like, no, this this isn't my stuff. This is God's stuff. I'm simply a steward of of God's stuff. And to watch how so many of here uses God's stuff to be a blessing to God's people. That is the story here. But where the rubber meets the road for students here today, those about ready to go off to school this week, whether high school, middle school, elementary school, kindergarten, preschool, whatever it may be, here's the simple point. In a culture that tells you you're someone if you have something. And a culture that tells you you're somebody if you own something. Fill in the blank. Whatever it might be. Don't buy into that lie. You are somebody if you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Maybe your clothing, if you wear the coolest, newest stuff, makes you somebody. 
That's not what Jesus says. Maybe that little thing you have access in your hand, where you can have anything you want in a matter of seconds. You can push a button and follow. You can also push a button and charge your parents' account with all this stuff on Amazon. Whatever you want. Is this more important than Jesus? Your computer, your game system, your device. My young brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus, picture Jesus Christ Himself looking down to you and saying this, any of you who does not renounce all that He has cannot be my disciple. Is Jesus Lord over your stuff? So what? We're going to close out today. So much more could be said in this passage because this is really a beautiful passage. But to kind of summarize what we're talking about today with a so what, an application, and before we go our way, the basic point of this passage is, comes with this first question. Have I counted the cost? Your homework this week, young ones, is to go through verses 28 through 32. Any of us in this room, go to verses 28 through 32. And there's some really cool examples given about counting the cost. This really is the, the primary theme of what's happening here. Count the cost of discipleship. Don't just casually follow, but count the cost of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Count this cost. And there's two examples given. A diligent builder of a tower and a battling king. In both of these scenarios given, they're counting the cost. They don't enter into the discussion without realizing it's going to take some sacrifice. It's going to take some planning. Just like for any of you students here, And here's the question. Students, young adults, adults, have you counted the cost of being a follower of Jesus Christ? Not being enamored like the crowds, but truly asking, is Christ more important than anything else in my life? Would you ask yourself that right now? Is Christ more important than anything else in my life, period? And then the answer, if it's no then quite honestly, you're in one of two positions in your life. And we need to be serious about this. If your answer is no, then one of two things is happening right now. Either, according to the Scriptures, especially James in the Bible, you are what's known as a false professor. You're an enamored follower. You want to see the miracles, but you don't want to submit to the Lord. You want to see what Jesus does, but you're afraid to follow. And if that's your case this morning, I want to call out to any of you, young ones, older ones alike, come to Jesus in faith and repentance today. Give your life to Jesus. But there's also another scenario. Maybe you have come to Christ. You have placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And right now you're looking at your life and you're saying, oh dear, he is not more important than any other person and plan and possession in my life. What's your scenario? You have come to him by faith. And I would say this. You may be a true possessor, but what's happened is deception. The world around you has been deceiving you to think that you're actually okay to have a casual relationship or a distracted relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you right here, right now, brothers and sisters, young and old, Don't allow the lie of Satan to creep into your mind. Pursue Jesus. Not casually, but passionately this year. Young ones, this is the direct prayer of my heart for every single one of you here this morning.
students here today, our prayer is this. That you would make Jesus this year more important than any other person in your life. That you would make Jesus more important than any other plan in your life. And you would make Jesus more important than any possession in your life. And I'm going to stop with this. You're like, oh boy, that was good. That's a lot. I'm ready. I'm in. Okay, here's, here's, here's the point. You can't do that. Students here, you can't do it on your own. As gung-ho as you are about doing this, you can't do it on your own. That's why daily you're in the Word of God. That's why daily you're submissive to, submissive to the indwelling Holy Spirit in your life. An unbeliever cannot live this way that I'm talking about. It comes as you've given your life to Jesus Christ. Again, my prayer this morning is this. If you have never come to Jesus Christ in faith and repentance, let this day be that day. Young ones, come to Jesus today. Older ones, come to Jesus today. So Father, I pray that you would help all of us as we want to pursue Jesus. We've been talking about fixing our eyes on Jesus. Now I pray that we would be dedicated followers of Jesus, that our relationship with Jesus would impact every area of our lives, our relationships, our friendships, our plans for our lives, our possessions, our stuff, our resources. I pray that you would be Lord over everything in our lives. This morning with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, or really however you would like to pray, would you enter into a closing moment of prayer with me? There's probably a lot going on in your mind right now. I know when I was a student and I was confronted with this passage, I was overwhelmed. I'm going to tell you, this Jesus who you're pursuing, He's standing there not just telling you Ask, telling you to follow him. He's holding his hand out saying, I'm willing to help you through this. This Jesus is going to be the Jesus that's going to be with you every single day of your school year this year. There's some in this room, you're like, well, maybe that's not quite the case for me because I'm doing distant learning at home or I'm doing homeschooling. I'm going to tell you, one of the hardest places to ever live for Jesus is in your home. Would you commit to be a follower of Jesus Christ in your own home? those of you who head out to make new friends this week wearing those masks if necessary in your school whatever the case may be would you pray that Jesus would be more important than any friend you have this year than any stuff you might acquire or any plans for your life There may be some young ones here especially that say, you know, Pastor Andrew, thank you, but I really don't know if I have that relationship with God. I want to tell you, don't leave here today without settling that. Talk to your parents. I want to tell you, at the end of the service, I'm going to be right up here at the front. I would love to talk with you more about how to know you have life in Jesus Christ you're pursuing Jesus Christ above any other possession, plan, or person in your life.
I want to thank you, Father, for the time we could have in the Word today. I want to thank you for the listening ears, young to old today, and I pray that you would, by your grace, guide these young people, guard them. Oh God, I pray that you'd do a work of grace in their hearts this year. So much potential for the gospel represented in this church. I pray for their souls. Protect them, Father. I know you will. I pray that they would decide to follow you more than any other person or plan or possession in their lives. Musicians behind me are playing one of my favorite songs ever. I have decided to follow Jesus. The old song, maybe we sang at camp when we were younger. If you know this song from your heart, would you sing this with us? I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. 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 No turning back, no turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus one last time. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Oh God, that is the prayer of our hearts this morning. From youngest to oldest, I pray that we would follow you diligently, passionately, faithfully, constantly, continually. Give us the grace to follow you every day of our life with every breath we breathe until the last one we breathe. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.